This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680-CJOB. We've certainly created enough opportunities to win the hockey game. We didn't score. Could we have done more on the power play? Yes, without a doubt. Could we have done a better job screening him a little bit more? Yeah, but um, we had, what, 82 shot attempts. That was head coach Rick Bonus. The Winnipeg Jets falling 2-1 to the Chicago Blackhawks uh, last night. And the Jets, of course, looking ahead to a December 30th, 31st matchup, home-at-home, back-to-back against the Minnesota Wild. But 2-1 overtime loss to the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, a game, I don't know, you want to win. It's not run for the hills. It's not bury your head in the sand situation. It's it's a lost point, there's no doubt, against a, a, a lesser team in the standings. Um, in sort of an awkward game. 204 780 uh, 704-780-6868. Connor Bedard uh, providing all the offense for the Chicago Blackhawks. He's actually the only team on only player on Chicago who's scored so far uh, against the Jets. Of course, he scores that that goal in the first period that opens the scoring for Chicago. The goal that eventually leads to overtime. Uh, for the Blackhawks, and then of course he scores uh, in overtime, and I, he's had a really good season so far. Okay, thirty-four games played, he's got thirty-two points. He's dang close to a point per game player. He's got fifteen goals. Anybody who is questioning who Connor Bedard is and where he's going in the snatch in the National Hockey League um, is mistaken. He he is the real deal. He is the real deal. He's got a great vision. He's an excellent passer. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, referred to as a goal scorer's goal by one of his teammates, uh, Connor Murphy, uh, yesterday, defenseman. Now, what's with all the Connors? What's going on with all the Connors? Was there a decision made by a bunch of hockey parents across Canada and the United States about, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago? But in the last 20 to 30 years, did all the hockey parents get together and just decide, you know, Connor is a really great name. Let's name half of the players that are eventually going to develop into National Hockey League players. Let's name them Connor. Insanely popular name. Uh, crazy popular name. Anyways, might might be a coincidence. Um, 204-780-6868. Craig says, Bedard is nasty. If I had a better supporting cast, he would have he would have doubled the points. That's, that's true, Craig. Uh, they're dealing with lots of injuries. Taylor Hall out, Seth Jones, uh, among a list of, of others. Uh, Andrean and the CU. Um, and of course they lost Corey Perry for that whole situation. Um, and so, yeah, I am with you on that one. hundred percent, Craig, there's no doubt about that. Fraser texts the show he says, Cam pretty hard to win when your top line loses 14 of 21 faceoffs, just brutal. Also when your power play is second worst in the league and Mark Shifley, not a great game on the dot. Um, somewhere around 20%, 25%, uh, the exact number here. I'll just, I'll just pull it up just for accuracy sake, uh, 27.8%. Um, yesterday on the faceoff dot, not his not his best game, five for thirteen. Uh, he is above his career average though. Uh, this year he's at fifty point four percent faceoff wins compared to his career number of forty six point six. So I'm not going to be too hard on Mark Shifley. I I, I thought him uh, and Ehlers and Velarde again had a, a another dynamic game where they had some great looks. Uh, they've been basically scoring at will at this point, but I I, I felt like. They just ran a little dry. They just couldn't get that little extra inch 
but I thought they still had some great looks. Um, speaking of great looks and a great line, I follow Nemestikov and Perfetti uh, were dynamite yesterday, uh, playing almost nine minutes together. I thought they were absolutely fantastic. And Nemestikov, uh, he had a couple off the off the iron. You know, you, you can even say at the Winnipeg Jets, they almost didn't lose to the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, outside of Connor Hellebuck and Peter Morazic, um, which you 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 mean Morazic he he did outplay Connor Hellebuck yesterday. I mean, they ended up with the win. Morazic makes thirty seven saves to to Hellebuck's twenty three. Um, Jets still haven't given up more than two in regulation in the whole month of December. By the way, um, so outside of the sort of the net mining situation. Uh, and, I, and I thought Hellebuck still was pretty dang good. I thought he was solid when he needed to be solid. He made some pretty tough saves. Uh, you know, he likes to see the puck uh, quite a bit. Um, so a 23 sort of uh, a save situation where it takes about 15 minutes for the Chicago Blackhawks to even get on the shot clock. Um, kind of a, a tougher situation for Connor Hellebuck. Uh, but I thought he was, I thought he was, he was, he, he played certainly well enough for the Winnipeg Jets to win that game. And I'll talk more about that when Jay Richardson from Power 97, as well as the uh, Jets PA announcer, uh, joins me after uh, coming up after 1230 here on Jets at noon. But I, I, I think outside of in net, um, I think it's tough to find another player on the Blackhawks that outplayed their sort of opponent on the other side. I'll give you Connor, Hel- uh, Connor Bedard. He scored twice. He provided all the offense for the Blackhawks. He had a good game. I think you start to see his defensive game starting to round out as well. Uh, he made some real tight checks, and he, he took Josh Morrissey on a couple of times. Um, but I think if you looked at the Blackhawks compared to the Jets, there was very few members of the Blackhawks at any given point on any shift in any period, period, that outplayed their opponents. I mean, if you go to moneypuck.com, the Jets... I mean, from the eye test, they outright dominated that game, 84.6% on the deserve to win meter um, 84.6% of the time that game gets played, the Jets pick up two points. When you look at the expected goals, and you had in the high 80s in terms of shot attempts, and you heard that from Rick Bonus opening up the segment, uh, but the Jets around expected goals from how they were playing about four, only got the one. Uh, when Chicago was trending downward, they were only expected goals about 1.5 and they were able to get, they were able to get two. So um, in all situations, this, this should have been a win for the Winnipeg Jets. But again, we come to a one goal game where a goal on the power play would matter big time. And the power play goes over four. I'll get into that more when Jay Richardson joins me at 1230 here on jets at noon. Uh, Jim Toth uh, off again today. He'll be off again tomorrow and he will rejoin me on the program following New Year's New Year's. So uh, looking forward to having Jim uh, back on the show. Uh, here's Bones on the power play going 0 for 4 Couple yeah. of games in for the break. We had two last games, so uh, we'll work at it and we'll keep working at it. But you get that opportunity with three minutes to go with you when you got your best players on the ice. You want them to uh, step up and make a difference in the game, but it's not going to happen every night. So it didn't happen tonight. Just we'll work on it and make sure it's ready the next time to go. I mean, are you going to blame the the travel situation? Morgan Barron, he was. I mean, the Jets. You can't travel on Boxing Day. You have to travel yesterday. So there was a five a.m. flight. Other players and the members of the Jets, you know, arriving in Chicago. Um, Barron, the only Jets goal scorer last night. Was it 
Can you blame the weird, weird travel day? Yeah, it was a long day for sure. Um, you know, it's no excuses. I think there's a lot of teams around the league right now that kind of dealt with the same thing yeah. today. But, um, yeah, you could definitely feel the legs getting a little heavier as the game went on. And, um, you know, I would have liked to see us all kind of just roll the lines a little bit, keep the shifts a little shorter, but we got stuck out there defending sometimes. So, um, you know, it's part of the game, and it's nothing uh, unique to our team. Another great game from Josh Morrissey yesterday as well. Uh, he puts one off the bottom of the post. Multiple posts and crossbar yesterday. Toninato, Vladislav Nemesnikov, Anito Niederreiter with that little flooper in the beginning of the game, 10 seconds in. Uh, I mean, th- that's what this game was like to me. The Jets had more than enough opportunities to win that game. But here's here the good thing is they were able to salvage a point out of it. You know, these games happen over the course of a season. And the Jets were able to find a way to scrap out a point. Now, is it a is it did the Jets lose a point? Yes. They didn't gain a point. They lost one. There's no doubt about that. 204-780-6868. Robert Texas show. He says, Hey Cam, I listened to the game and the Jets sounded like they ran out of gas. And the Chicago coach looked like he made a gamble and sat Bedard for the last two minutes and put him out uh for the OT. Well, yeah, Robert, I, um he doesn't uh I don't think Bedard's up there killing penalties. And the Jets, uh, that one with about three minutes left to go, that one they needed to connect on. Let's get to some text messages here. 204-780-6868. This texture says, um, on that winning goal, we just let him skate right in uh, untouched. Whatever happens to stand your guy up at the blue line. Just goofy. Speaking about uh, Connor Bedard's goal there in overtime, the OT winner for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, this texture says, last night the Jets outplayed the Blackhawks, outshot the Blackhawks, and they would have won 5-1 if it wasn't for hitting five posts. Lucky win for the Hawks. Uh, texter, you didn't put your name on there, but listen, I'm 100% with you on that one. That that almost, to me, according to me, according to the, according to Cameron Poitras and whatever that means to the rest of the world, you're absolutely spot on. I'm sure there's listeners out there that would, uh, some would contest, some would agree. 204-780-6868. This texture says the Hawks PK totally outplayed the Jets power play. Terry texts the show and says, hi, Cam. Uh, three points. Here you go, Terry. All right, let's get to these three points. One, Terry's been on the refs a lot lately. Uh, he says, ref call for goalie interference when the goalie was clearly outside his blue, uh, his blue crease. Therefore, he was fair game to be hit. Number two, power play lost the game for the Jets. Number three, Chicago played with nothing to lose. Jets lacked that level of enthusiasm. Thanks, uh, Cam. Uh, happy New Year's. Uh, thanks, Terry. Yep. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot, Terry, for that text message. Uh, yeah, power play again, 0 for 4. I mean, I've I ran the numbers over the, these games that they've lost by one goal, and they've, except for that one game, the one goal loss they had against Nashville, uh, which was they both tied in the power play department. The special teams has been the difference in these one goal ga- in these games where they've lost by uh, a single goal. Corey wants to talk about the faceoffs. He says the faceoffs were brutal. The faceoffs were brutal, he says. Um, yeah, not not great. Uh, 53.6% compared to the Jets, 46.4%. It's a situational thing again. It's a situational thing again. Uh, 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll bring Jay Richardson onto the program following the 1230 News with Jeff Braun. Of course, he's the Jets PA announcer and co-host of Mornings on Power 97 with Vicky Shea. We'll get his thoughts on the game. We'll get his thoughts on the power play uh, as well. Today, Kelly Moore was in 
on Connecting Winnipeg here on 680 CJOB. He was joined by Senior Director of Game Night Presentation with True North Sports Entertainment, Kyle Ballhari, uh, about the 10th annual Winnipeg Jets skills competition that's it's going at 7 o'clock. The lower bowl is sold out. When I say very limited tickets, very limited tickets, but the lower bowl is sold out. It might be a struggle to get some, but uh, we'll replay some of that conversation Kelly had with Kyle Ballhari um, about what, again, is going to be a, a great night out at Canada Life Center. After the after the upcoming Sports Minute, uh, we'll talk a little bit of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Ugh. You know, I, I, I don't shy away from, I cannot stand the Los Angeles Angels. You know, Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, not making the playoffs. Years of just, you know, spending dismal, dismal. I don't shy away from uh, how much I don't like the LA Angels for no reason other than they just are they just can't win. They have a talented team that can't figure it out. I'm starting to feel that same way about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'll tell you why when we come back. Jets at noon on six eight CJOB. Minnesota is um, an extension of Manitoba in a lot of ways. We're very very similar. And, uh, of course, that'll go head-to-head Saturday and Sunday uh, at Canada Life Center, followed by the next day at XL Energy Center's the Jets and Wild Clash, both those games, 11 a.m. pregame, pre-game shows with 1 o'clock puck drops here on 680 CJOB. Okay, the Columbus Blue Jackets. The Devils uh, stun Columbus 4-3 yesterday. Luke Hughes sends it to overtime with 25 seconds left. Timo Meyer ends it in OT. It is the league-leading 17th blown lead for Columbus this season so far. Columbus is not a very good team. And if this so-called rebuild, this is why rebuilds are, I'm so tired of that phrase. If if it is really a five-year transition or three or four, whatever it is, Columbus should start moving out of it now. They're 28th in the league in points percentage, they're minus 21 behind Anaheim, only only ahead of Anaheim, Chicago, and San Jose. I understand they may have lost Zach Rowinski again. He went down, did not return yesterday with lower body injury. Patrick Lane, Boone Jenner, Adam uh, Boakvist, also on IR. But it's time we start seeing more from the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, they got to start winning some games here. They're getting on my nerves. Jay Richardson with us when we come back. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. I'm impressed how structurally they play. I think they play they play the game the right way, and especially they're really hard to play in Winnipeg, and um, they seem to be well coached and know how to how to handle and manage the game and not give up too many chances and, and really uh, be on the same page offensively and defensively. So it's big for us mainly to stay consistent within the game and not get too rattled in some of the chances against um, and to kind of try to try to gut it out. And a big part of that is Mrazek keeping us in on that one. That was Connor Murphy, uh, defenseman for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, about what it takes to beat the Jets when they play like they did last night. Of course, unable to pull together a victory. Connor Bedard scoring twice, as including in overtime, as the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Jets 2-1. Joining us now, Jay Richardson popping in from down the hall. You know him as the Jets PA announcer at Canada Life Center, as well as the co-host of Mornings with Vicky Shea on Power 97 from 6 until 10. Here to talk some Jets. Uh, Jay, 
How you doing? I am great. Thank you for asking. Uh, <laughs> I have to say that an eight o'clock puck drop, while it isn't that much further uh, along than a seven o'clock puck drop, just ruins the next morning. I think for a lot of people. You know what? It's a it's an absolute living nightmare. It's yeah. awful for me. It is so bad. Uh, I don't even know what to do. It's like, such a no man's land because <laughs> I can get like a seven o'clock. We're all used to seven o'clock yeah. puck drops. We can do that. No problem. Yeah. Or even like a West Coast game. Like, yeah, I'm staying up late. I'm being a little <laughs> naughty. Eight o'clock. What are we doing? It's, what is happening? It's in that terrible middle spot. Yeah. You know what's, a, you know what's beautiful? 630. Oh, give it to hook it to my veins. <laughs> there man. was some great 630 starts last week uh, before Christmas with uh, Detroit uh, and Montreal. And man, I love those. Yeah, that, na- that extra half hour was just magic. More national games. Let's go. Let's accommodate all of our East Coast overlords. Let's let's appease <laughs> them every time we do everything. What are we doing? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't care. I don't care. You, you have to get to the game at seven. I need to get to bed. Let's go. <laughs> um, you, I mean, the game last night against Chicago. What were sort of your your beginning thoughts on it? You know, I saw I saw somebody on social media point out a stat, um, and you have to go back to the days of the Thrashers and the Southeast Division. Oh but boy, <laughs> Alex Ovechkin, <laughs> his, the number one. If you break it down by team, the team that he scored most of his goals against is the Thrashers slash Jets because the Thrashers were still. <sighs> Horrible. Yes. Still? Oh my God. Still. Ten years removed from the from seeing the Thrashers five times a year or whatever and just feasting on them. He <laughs> dominated the early two thousands to the extent that it still is the number one team that he scored against. Maybe that's why he's finally slowing down. That's right. He the, doesn't he, get to he doesn't get to play. He's not playing the Thrashers. He hasn't played it for ten years. He finally. Hasn't, he hasn't he's gotten realized into, it. He's like, I miss Phillips Arena so much. <laughs> Bring that back. He, yeah, he's the one guy who's like expansion to Atlanta. Let's go. Bring it on. Uh so I was thinking about that and then I was thinking about Connor Bedard mm-hmm. and him playing two games against the Jets so far and already having three goals and just the the nightmare scenario of having central division matchups against the Blackhawks and like a Taves or Kane style 15 yeah. year career with them like ugh, how many goals is this guy going <laughs> to score on us and he's the only person that scored against the Jets so far yeah, that's right. He's the only person on Chicago who scored against the Jets. That's and they've all they've needed is three. Well, they lost the first game, but all they needed was two. Uh, you know, I, I think about that guy. I think about uh, like an Adam Fantilli, too. Like a, like a player who's just dominated and won all throughout their career. Mm-hmm. And then finally they make it to the pros. And they're just for at least a couple years, just because of the way the draft works, these guys are stuck playing on these teams that finished 31st or 32nd overall to be able to draft them in the first place like don't even get me started on columbus i hate that team yeah they're just horrible they're just so bad that they they annoy me they're so bad and chicago like chicago's no well it's a destination for free agents too like yeah they'll be able to rebuild themselves you saw them like in the tooth in from 2007 when you got kane and taves and they were just a powerhouse for the next decade people will go to chicago chicago will be able to rebuild and this is all going to be just like hey remember those first three years of my nhl career that were terrible for Connor Bedard. <laughs> Fantilli's just going to wallow in Columbus for years to come. But anyway, yes, of course. Uh, so uh, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is Bedard is a superstar. There's nobody else on Chicago who even comes close to him. It's going to be a while before they can be competitive, but holy smokes, if they can build a team around that guy, they're going to be another dynasty. Well, and you know, the, the, the Jets tuned up 
Chicago last night. Yeah. They dominated them. If they don't hit the post four or five times or whatever it was, they're going to find a way to win that game. When did Chicago even get a fir- their first shot on goal? Was it 15 minutes into so the it, game? Yeah, it was just it was just over 15 minutes. Like, and um, I, I was watching that game, and I'm thinking – there was just great a chance after great a chance. And it was one of those games when it starts to sort of unravel. It's like the jets are either going to win this game six, one, or it's going to be a two, one game yeah, in overtime. That's right. Depending for whoever wins. Cause it's just the way that it was sort of starting to sort of, uh, you know, uh, you know un- unravel. Yeah. You saw them get the, it was a similar, similar game as that, uh, San Jose game. Yeah. Uh, the, the game after Kyle Connor went down with his knee injury where they were just throwing everything and they got goalied. And sometimes, you know, that just happens. Mrazek had, uh, at a pretty good game. Mm-hmm. The Jets did not do themselves any favors. I mean, if it's a 1-1 game and you get a power play with two and a half minutes to go, I mean, boy, they're yeah. like, how many points are they leaving on the board because the power play just can't sort itself out? It's eventually you have to think it's going to figure itself out, right? Well, I went back um, and all the one goal games, and now you can include this one. I went back into the last, uh, they've, they've lost, I think it's now eight, Seven or eight games that they've lost by a single goal. And all those games, they've lost the special teams battle in that in that game. Ex- yep. Except for the one against Nashville when they lost to Nashville. But that was, they each scored a power play goal. It was it was a wash. So I would say it was even. So special teams played a factor in that game. But both teams were, were sort of a tie. Um, when they are losing these one goal games, it's coming down to a power play goal. Yeah. It's it, it that's exactly what it was. I mean, they go over for everybody. There was sort of this good feeling. Nito Nita Rider scores two. They get two um, from the second unit. Um, I think the, against Detroit, I don't think they even had a power play opportunity. No, they did. But not. there was sort of like this good feeling, like yeah, here we go. You know, there's uh, and then you know, cry, it comes crashing down here. The struggles and it's how can it's it's so interesting that a team and especially that top line of Ehlers and Velarde and Mark Shifley who had a great game but they didn't end up scoring but they had a great game against Chicago last night that they can be so dominant 5 on 5 and find each other in spots yet when it comes down to a power play and you take a man off the other team it's 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 a it's it's a mental thing at this point it's baffling i wonder like i i don't have the the advanced stats i wonder if they're 5 on 5 just neutral zone play like the speed they gather gaining the zone leads themselves to having more success like if there's more that that Maybe, line is yeah. generating off the rush compared to like setting up and cycling it i don't know if they get a lot of 5 on 5 again i don't have the stats yeah, they, in they, front of me they've been good on they've been good on the rush no doubt I, about it can i throw a thought at you though okay. about this and this is this is looking way long into the future i Kind okay. of, I kind of like that the team has something that they can improve on or that they can strive to improve on because I've seen a lot of teams that roll through the regular season and have a lot of success there and are not prepared for when adversity hits them. I would like to point, for example, and I'm not comparing these two teams. I I, like, I do have, I am a rose colored glasses optimist (laughs) at heart for sure. I'm not comparing these two teams, but I think about the Boston Bruins last year who rolled over everybody. They're, power play was Tampa great. Bay a number of years ago when they lose to Columbus. Columbus yeah. yeah. They got swept by Columbus yeah. in the first round. That was crazy. Like when you're rolling and you don't have adversity, you don't really have anything to work on. You can get, I think a little complacent when you have a team that pushes back on you. So yeah. if you have like the, the underlying five on five stuff, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. That's going to lead you to win a lot of games. And I think power plays are fixable because you can adjust 
just like if you're a bad defensive team totally. and you don't have the right kind of players to be a, a good defensive team, that's just who you are. Mm-hmm. But they have offensive players. They've got to just figure out what they're doing. And I think you can coach that like everybody, you know, is working really hard on it. I think there's an opportunity with the weapons they have to improve their power play. They just haven't figured it out quite yet. So. Yeah, it's it's going to it's going to eventually start to work. It might be in the back half of the season, it might be in the back quarter of the season, but eventually it's going to start getting goals. The and that's ta- the, fine. The, the, that's the, when you want to peak. That's right. The talent is there. Yeah. The top the top unit 100%. I mean, there's no Kyle Connor on it right now, but listen, that the, those guys can score. They've proven they can do it at five on five. That's it's right. eventually going to come on the power play. Um, there's been some people who've texted into the show before 204-780-6868 saying, um, oh, it's it's a coaching issue. I don't think so at all because I hear Rick Bonus mention exactly what went wrong on the power play that that exact game. Yeah, It's just that there's um, – so if he's saying they're not moving the puck, they're standing still with it a little bit too much, well, then the coach is telling the players what to do. I think it just crosses over into that sort of mental threshold. When you go over the boards and you have a power play opportunity, you get the yips, right? You squeeze yeah. the quote-unquote squeeze the stick a little bit too hard. And you know what happens when you have a scenario like that? A, you, a, a great example of a player yeah. like that is is Patrick Laine, right? Even yeah. Kyle Connors had that sometimes where he's gone a few games without goals what happens mm-hmm. is the damn bursts right you get the confidence to do it yes. and then the next thing you know you're scoring a bunch of those in bunches i don't know if that's what's going to happen with the yeah. jets power play but you have to think with the personnel they have and their ability to score five on five at some point it has to translate into it right all, all, jay I, I think all they need is they need to score five in four games and all of a sudden, things are going to start turning around. I just think they need to have That's that it, stretch. Hey, just that? That's it. That's all they need. <laughs> just, just, just do fun, it. Which seems impossible <laughs> at this point in the season. That's all they need. Uh, Jay Richardson, <laughs> he is the PA announcer uh, at uh, Canada Life Center for the Winnipeg Jets, as well as uh, uh, morning show co-host here on Power 97, our sister station. Jay Richardson, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Anytime. Well, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, thanks, Jay. Uh, so the Winnipeg Jets moving on to now an upcoming big swing here and Bill in St. James, he hasn't forgotten the out-of-town scoreboard. He sends me this text message, 204-780-6868, saying, a good out-of-town scoreboard. Jets have an important eight-point series. Coming up with Mini, the Wild beating the Red Wings 6-3. Uh, Hurricanes beat the Preds 5-2. Blues beat the Stars yesterday 2-1. Avalanche losing to the Coyotes in OT. Five to four, Coyote scoring five unanswered in that one to storm back and beat the Avalanche. Who, for some reason, they they got. I mean, they've they they have beat the Coyotes recently, but they've they've struggled with them over the last couple of years. They've definitely struggled with them over the last couple of years. The Jets go into this game taking on a absolutely smoking hot Minnesota Wild team. Winners of six, uh, seven of their last eight. On a six game, uh, on a four game winning streak, um, and they've they've found their they've found their stride here, and a team that just keeps impressing me. <laughs> they just uh, they're not they're not right now an elite team. They're a team that's right now out of the playoff picture. Might find themselves in the playoff picture by the end of the season here. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them, but I still think they have a they uh I I just feel like they have a ceiling here. Now I say all this, 
And Bill's right. This is an upcoming big, big, big test for the Winnipeg Jets. Back-to-back, these were rough-and-tumble games last year. Saturday, December 30th at Canada Life Center, Wild at Jets, 11 a.m. pregame show, 1 o'clock puck drop, which will be followed by the New Year's Eve game, Sunday, December 31st, to close out 2023 XL Energy Center, the Jets at the Wild. Uh, Same time, 11 a.m. pregame and a 1 o'clock puck drop, 24 hours between the two of them. Let's take a break. Let's come back on the other side. We'll hear from the senior director of game night presentation with true North sports entertainment, Kyle ball, Harry, uh, big night at Canada life center tonight. The lower bowl sold out for the Winnipeg jets skills competition, the 10th annual. We'll get, we'll, we'll get into that when we come back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Well, here's some news coming up uh, on the game on Saturday. Michael Russo, uh, Minnesota Wild reporter for The Athletic, reporting that there's a decent chance that Jared Spurgeon returns Saturday in Winnipeg. That'd be a big addition for the Minnesota Wild. So we'll keep an eye on that. Decent chance he returns. Uh, as well, Texter says, northbound McPhillips said Logan is blocked off by the police. Uh, something going on just on the other side of the underpaths north of Logan. So that's that's from that Texter. So uh, if you're in that area, send us a text if there's anything else. 204-780-6868. Crystal also says, stalled pickup truck at inside left turning lane southbound on Lash at Region. Both turning lanes backed up to Reinders. I was going to go in that area. Now I certainly won't. Uh, Kelly Moore was joined by Senior Director of Game Night Presentation with True North Sports and Entertainment, Kyle Ballharry, earlier today uh, when Kelly Moore was in on Connecting Winnipeg. Today is the Winnipeg Jets Skills Competition, the 10th Annual, which gets going at 7 o'clock. Uh, of course, everything made more fun by the removal of the rink side glass. Here's Kyle. It really is, Kelly. And I mean, it's, it's very unique. I think we're the only team in the entire league uh, that has the glass taken out. Um, give it a bit about a grandfathered in for that in the league. Other markets don't even allow it. So, I mean, we've got a very unique scenario where our fans, and I mean, we're sold out lower bowl tonight. So we're, we're feeling really good. And it's usually just filled with kids and smiles and young families. It is such a great interactive event. And the players really love it too, because they're in their elements and they get to sign autographs and meet all the fans. And there really isn't too many other opportunities throughout the year. Uh, especially one of this magnitude, and and it's just a, a spectacular event every year. And beyond the special night for all the kids in the stands, meeting their favorite players, watching the uh, their favorite Jets uh, taking part in the fastest skater, the accuracy shooting, hardest shot, team puck relay, breakaway challenge, it also includes a real special night for some uh, young netminders. Yeah, it really is. And, um, you know, over the last few years, you know, we, we used to um, – use our own goaltenders to do this. And it was a challenging night for them. They stand there and they, they get cold and they're not stretched anymore. And then they jump in on breakaways and it made it really challenging. So what we've done over the last few years um, is we worked with AAA, uh, that's over AAA originally. And now we've crossed over to using our foundation uh, to supply the goaltenders. And tonight we've got uh, Kiki Robinson Prefontaine, who goes to St. Mary's Academy uh, and plays for the Flames, uh, part of the Canadian Sports School Hockey League. And then we've also got Abby Workington, uh, who plays for the Northern Stars of the Manitoba Women's Junior Hockey League. So we're extremely excited to have those two young goaltenders in. And I think the best part about it, Kelly, is that it does show the growth of the game and the, the strength of the foundation and what they're able to do over there in the Hockey Academy. 
Um, Kiki started in the WJHA in grade four and currently in grade 11. Abby started in WHA in grade six and is in her first year University of U of W. And neither of them played any hockey until they started the program. And look at them now. Yeah, the Winnipeg Jet Skills competition gets going at Canada Life Center today at 7 o'clock. A big crowd expected, sold out lower bowl, all the proceeds going to benefit the ALS Super Fund as well as the NHLPA Goals and Dreams Fund. Well, that's it for me. Uh, Jesse Pierce, uh, Minnesota Wild Reporter, is going to be joining me tomorrow to tee up the big two-game back-to-back home-and-home set against the Wild coming up on Saturday and Sunday. In for Jim Toth, Kevin Bergen. He's going to be popping on right after the news here at 1 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Forche, the master behind the board. That's it for me. I'll be back soon tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.